0: How many of you have ever been at a party or some kind of social gathering, or maybe even at school, and you were asked to tell a little bit about yourself? How would you describe yourself? Maybe you say you're a husband, you're a wife, maybe you say you're a grandparent, maybe you say I have two brothers, maybe you tell a little bit about what you do for a living, maybe you tell some of your favorite hobbies, like you like gardening, or you like crafting, or you like to play golf, or fish, or maybe you like to collect shoes, I don't know about you, but I'm always a little bit uncomfortable when it comes to introducing myself. I don't really like to talk about myself, but when it comes to introducing someone else, I can get a lot more excited about that. Tell me to introduce my spouse. Uh, Tell a little bit about my wife, Julie, or tell about my kids, or tell about one of my friends, or tell someone about uh, one of my staff members, uh, one of the staff members that works here at Castle Hills. I can get excited about that. We're going to see someone who wasn't really excited about introducing himself, but he sure was excited about introducing Jesus. Now, we have been in a series called Jesus Is, And we've been talking about John chapter 1 of the different pictures that Jesus, uh, how Jesus is painted. We see that Jesus is creator. We see that Jesus is the light. And today we're going to see that Jesus is the lamb. And so I want to ask you a question. How would you describe Jesus? If someone said, who is Jesus? How would you answer that? Let's pretend that you are going to flight and you're sitting next to someone, and you're going back and forth, and you tell a little bit about yourself, and they tell a little bit about themselves, and it comes up that you have a relationship with Jesus, and they turn to you and say, well, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? How would you describe him? How would you describe your relationship with Jesus? Well, John the Baptist, in John chapter 1, uh, there was a delegation that came to him, and they said, well, we want to know who you are. And John the Baptist, he's not really excited about giving a self-introduction. He says this, he says, well, I'm not the Christ. And then he says, I'm not Elijah and I'm not the prophet. But if you really have to know, I'm the voice. I'm the voice. I'm John the Baptist, the voice. Now, last week we talked about how John the Baptist was the witness to the light. Well, here John says, I'm the voice. He's the voice that points people to Jesus. Now, while John wasn't excited about talking about himself, and we'll see in John uh, 1, it says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, you can see he's much more excited about telling someone who Jesus is. Behold, look, look, uh, pay close attention. Uh, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is him, Jesus, this person right here. Pay attention, the one that you've been waiting for. God's people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this sacrificial lamb to come. This person who will take away the sins, that right there is him. Some of you, you've been waiting. You've waited for things a very long time. You've waited for a spouse, or you've waited uh, to have kids, or you've waited for a job, or you've waited for test results. You've been waiting for something. Well, God's people, they've been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah to come. And John says, the wait is over. Guess what? Guess what? Right there, this guy right here, he is the Lamb of God. Now, when we think of lamb, we often think of this little cute lamb at a petting zoo that we pet and we feed. But John, I think when he says lamb and he's giving us a cue that there's something more to the story. I actually think he's pointing uh, to, uh, to Genesis and several other parts of the Bible. Uh, Author and preacher Tim Culler says the Bible is the story of the Lamb. From Genesis to Revelation, we're going to see the story of the Lamb. When Adam and Eve sinned, what did they do? They tried to cover their sin. They tried to cover themselves up by sewing leaves together as they wore. But God had to kill an animal himself and shed uh, its blood in order to provide an acceptable offering for Adam and Eve. And this led to a sacrificial system throughout the Old Testament by which the wrath of God against sin could be appeased. Well, we look in Genesis chapter 22 and and we're going to see the story of the lamb. Abraham is about to sacrifice his son Isaac and God provided a ram in place of Isaac. You look in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, and we see the night of the Passover. The blood of the lamb would avert judgment based on God's justice. We remember how the blood was smeared on the doorframe. We see the blood of the lamb. In Leviticus, we read about the lamb that was slain and the blood that was poured on the mercy seat in the tabernacle. You look at Jeremiah 11:19, and it talks about the gentle lamb 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Get rid of the old yeast by removing the wicked person from among you. Then you will be like a fresh batch of dough made without yeast, which is what you really are. And it says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Revelation five twelve 12 says, in, in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. And praise. As you read the Bible, I want you to pay attention for the story of the Lamb. I think the more that you read the Bible, you're going to see the story of the Lamb being played out time and time again. Now, when Jesus came to earth, he looked like any other ordinary first century Jewish man. In December, we talked about how he was a carpenter, how he was the son of a carpenter, Joseph. People knew his brothers and knew his family. They said, this guy? This guy? Well, John says, this guy right here, this guy right here is the Messiah. He is the lamb. He's the man who is going to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. In fact, Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. How would you like this introduction? Let me introduce you by saying, this guy right here, he's going to be slaughtered. What's he going to be slaughtered for? He's going to take away the sin of the world. See, the sacrificial lambs in the Old Testament only provided temporary covering for our sin until the sacrifice of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 1 says, the O system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again year and year after year, but they were never able to provide a perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Yeah, that system wasn't perfect, but now if you skip down to Hebrews ten verses eight to 10, 8, eight to ten it says First, Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifice or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. We're made holy because of the Lamb. We're made holy because Jesus Christ was sacrificed. And there was an old hymn that I grew up singing. Some of you uh, remember this this, uh, old hymn. It was called, There's Power in the Blood. There's Power in the Blood. Some of you remember, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. And there's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, wonder-working wonder working power, and the precious blood of the Lamb. So often, I think we go through life, and we take our focus off the blood of the Lamb. We get focused on our to-do list. We get focused uh, on our jobs and everything that needs to be done. And, and we think uh, about all of these different things. But something that we're going to talk a lot about this year, remember our theme this year is focus, And we're going to talk about how focus determines your direction. What you're focused on determines your direction. When you're driving and you get focused on other things, what tends to happen? You tend to end up drifting left or right. But in defensive driving, they teach you to look forward as far as you can. And this normally keeps you centered. It normally keeps you going the right direction. Well, this year, I want to encourage you to keep your eyes focused, fixed on Christ, the Passover lamb. I told this story before, but many years ago, uh, when I was in college, this youth minister thought he had this bright idea. He had this camp, he was deaning it, and he brought this little lamb uh, to the camp. And all of the kids, they would pet it. They would play around with it. They'd even clean up after it. It, it, it was just something they played with the whole week uh, at this teenage camp. And, and everyone loved this lamb. I mean, it went everywhere. They, uh, no matter what they were doing, if they were playing volleyball, the lamb was going to be over on the side. The, the lamb was there in the worship service. The lamb was everywhere. Now, the very last day of camp, you know what this youth minister did? He took this lamb and he ended up killing it. He ended up slaughtering it. Now, you can imagine, I uh, had the shock of the kids and also the adults there. And I'm sure that he got more than a few phone calls. And I can tell you right now, Richard or myself, we're not going to do that to your kids. But I can also tell you that if you, if they weren't there, if, uh, if, a, if a teenager was there, I bet 20 years later, they remember that. And the reason why he did this was he wanted to point out that the lamb uh, was slaughtered for our sin. That, that so often we go through life and we take the lamb for granted. But this lamb that's so cute that we often think about, actually, he was sacrificed so that we could have eternal life and so i remember this story being told over 20 years ago and it left an impact on me so imagine if you were there at that camp i tell you that story because i want you not to take the lamb for granted i want you to see this beautiful picture and this week i want you to ponder the depth, the depth of god's love that he displayed by dying on the cross for you and i want you also to think about one practical way that you can focus on God. What's one practical way that you can focus on God? Well, what's one focus w- way that you can focus on the Lamb?